What up? Welcome in. Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you on this afternoon, leading you up to Thursday night football as a new week of NFL action it begins, <laughs> we think. Uh, the Kings play tomorrow night, <laughs> we think. Yeah, lots for us to discuss today over the next couple of hours. We'll wrap things up with a crossover, but in between now and then, obviously, first things first, a lot on last night's Kings win and what is ahead for your Sacramento Kings and really the sports world. Again, we're we're back at that strange time, that strange mesh point of COVID, sports, what's right, what's wrong, protocols, testing, masking, vaccines. Yeah, I mean, we get little respites at time on some of this. And other times it's it's right there, right in front of us. And we're in, we're in one of those times again where it's never went away. We sometimes want it to. I know we all want it to be gone. That goes without saying, but it's it's not. And it's shown up in many, many ways in our world, but certainly in the sports world, the stuff we talk about each and every day. And uh, we will be talking much more about that today. Time to get a new mattress. Shop local at Sleep First. Plenty for us to get into. So let's do it. Let's dive in right off the top. First things first. First things first. Close things first. And I should, by the way, say hello to everyone on uh, YouTube. Thank you for those of you joining us. I like that Poker Pro, uh, Poker Pro Eric. Doug Christie is 1-0. Doug for governor. We got a Doug for mayor. Man, he's upgrading quickly. Um, I wish Doug got the win. I mean, they won. He was the coach. It goes to Alvin Gentry. Anyway, well, we'll get into that in a moment. Thinking about that, if you're, if you're covering for the interim coach, shouldn't you get the win for that? Because it's the interim for the interim? Yeah. Well... It's just, I don't know why the league does it this way. Like, Luke Walton, when he was with the Warriors, wasn't he something like... 23 and 4 40 and... Yeah, it was something crazy, but he didn't get any... Those all went to Coach Kerr. All of them. Wins and losses. Um, the best... And I, I saw this floating around last night. Doug Christie, one and oh, he's the greatest coach in Kings history. Um, as much as I'm all for that and everything, I'm pro-Doug, as, as you know. Scott Brooks went 2-0 and oh when he filled in for Eric Musselman. But those are Musselman's win. They were Musselman's wins. These were given to Doug. If they lose and he's a coach again, nope, he didn't get those. He gets the wins. Uh, but before we get into last night's game, let's start with COVID and the Kings. Why Doug was coaching last night. Why Marvin Bagley was out. Why Terrence Davis was out. Many of you probably saw the report today from either Shams or Woj or anyone else that uh, covers the league and covers the Kings. Um, that there is, and the, and the term they use is what I think catches everybody because, you know, we're getting comfortable with the, unfortunately comfortable with the term COVID and, and health and safety protocols. We've, we've seen all that. We, we have a general understanding of what that means, but when a tweet comes firing out from Woj or from Shams this morning, that reads this. This is the one from Woj. The Sacramento Kings canceled today's practice, shut down the team's facility, and have growing concerns whether a COVID outbreak will allow them to play Friday night's game versus Memphis. That's according to sources that tell him the team continues to test and retest players and staff. Uh, and then he added one follow-up. Kings interim coach Alvin Gentry and forward Marvin Bagley entered into COVID protocols on Wednesday, and Kings have concerns that more individuals could be headed that way. Now, a lot of this, doing a little digging on this, doing a little research on this, a lot of this 
you have to track other teams. What's happened in the league? Let's look at who the Kings played. They came from Charlotte. Remember Charlotte when the Kings played that game? were minus seven players. Now, whether or not you can plug one and you know one together there and say, oh, well, that's where the Kings, maybe this started was there. I don't know. It doesn't even matter where it started, how they got it, if they if it's running rampant through the team, or if it just ends with these isolated cases. I don't know. We speculated last night, as soon as the game ended on our post game, that we'd be naive to think that it's just going to end here. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out more tomorrow. We found out a lot more as far as what's being reported. Now, it doesn't have to be announced which player or players or coaches that um, have it or are going to be out. We could figure it out by the process of elimination. Rashawn Holmes was the only other player out last night, but that was still injury-related. But um, the question that you see with Charlotte, now they were able to get through and play. Chicago couldn't. Chicago had just too many players, and they didn't have enough available bodies that they had to postpone two games. Here's the trick for the Kings. Last I had checked, everything is planning on playing tomorrow. That's the plan. Until it's not the plan, right? I mean, there's constant testing and retesting, and this gets into the trick and the rules of protocols. Generally, if you test positive, you're out. Like, there's just no wiggle room. You may have to test negative for, I believe, if you get one positive test, you have to test negative uh, twice over a 48-hour period. Um, But how many is that list? How concerning is it? It should be very concerning what is the league going to do about it? I think the league wants to play games. I think the league wants, you know, I think the last thing all these leagues want to do is shut down. But can you make it through? We've had other sports, the NFL a year ago, move games around. The NBA is doing that with a couple of the Chicago Bulls games. There's a lot more players that have entered protocols here in the last 24 to 48 hours, not just Kings. So the Kings play Friday at home, Sunday at home. Monday in San Francisco, Wednesday back here before the Christmas break. So they got four games in the next, what, six days, I think it is. Five days, not five, six days or so. And they're going to be very busy. So if one is gone, there could be multiple games. That's these are This is all speculation on my point, on my part. But as of now, Chris, it looks like they are intending to play the game and to play. But that's very fluid. We could find out more later this afternoon or tomorrow. If you want to look at it optimistically, there was those reports from Shams and Woj today, and they didn't name any players that have had to go into safety protocols, Mm -hmm. and they have named a lot of players that have gone into safety protocols so far. So maybe, like, hey, maybe more we're going to catch it. Hey, we just, we keep testing, 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 and nothing. Yeah. And then it just goes to the phenomenon of this pandemic, of what strain of... Why, why do some people have it and it ends tragically? I mean, the people have died far too many. Others, oh, I had it. It was nothing, nothing. It's it's different for everybody. The severity, the strain, uh, the viral load, whatever, all those terms that we've heard. But logic tells me if Coach Gentry and at least Marvin and maybe potentially Terrence Davis had it, and Chris, they were on a plane from Toronto back here three days ago, two days ago. I mean, I know there's circulation on a plane, but that's not always the best. Some claim it's better. They're basically, they're around each other all the time. And they're supposed to be masked up. um, But when they play, they're not. 
when there, there's just a lot of potential contact. I don't want anyone else to get it ever, but that's not the world we live in. So it's it's running rampant. There's not more on that at this moment, but there certainly will be more uh, coming up when there's just more finality and more uh, decisions being made. But uh, apparently COVID has, we know it's hit the Sacramento Kings, but how severe and detrimental as far as will it cost them playing a game? We don't know that as of yet. First things first. Gets a screen from Thompson, kicks it over to Barnes, fakes the three, five on the shot clock. Now a dribble attack by Harrison Barnes. Drives right, spins left, draws the foul, banks the shot in for the biggest lead of the night by Sacramento. It's not a gigantic lead, but it's a six-point advantage with an and one coming up for Harrison Barnes. The horn sounds. This one is over, and a three-game losing streak is over. And Doug Christie, the interim acting coach for the interim head coach, Alvin Gentry, gets a win tonight for the Sacramento Kings, is warmly embraced by Rico Hines and congratulated by other members of the coaching staff. Kings fans celebrating. Kings players enjoying the victory. The final is 119-105. to 105. I tweeted about that last night. I was just so proud, so happy. I mean, it, it's weird. You know, Chris, we have, we've had a connection. We've had a bond with Doug, and it's hard to not be biased about that. But I root for him. I want him to be successful. I know this is what he wants to do, whether the Kings won 100 games uh, over a year, a couple-year span and he was the assistant coach. He would be great, and he would be happy. He wants to coach. He wants to have people develop and get better, and he wants to inspire, and this is where he wants to be. And I know it was only one seed over, and it was and maybe it's a one-night thing, maybe it's a week thing, and maybe sometime down the line he will be a head coach. Hopefully it's here when that time is right for him and for everybody. But it was just such an awesome feeling to watch him and just to watch. I mean, I caught myself watching him a ton during the game. And he, I, my observations of him was he was much more last night um, a positive reinforcer, a cheerleader. Uh, he was high-fiving guys, getting out on the court quickly to shake hands and congratulate and keep it going was was very much more upbeat. Now, the game went well for uh, the end. It, there was parts where it was shaky and wobbly. They're down 12 with 90 seconds left in the third. And I thought, oh, man, you know, Washington has a better record. It's not wouldn't be shocking if they beat the Kings, but – can you win tonight? Can you win for Doug? And as much as I have made so much about this, for me personally, about Doug, the players were good. And as much as I will always say, well, look, it's not all on Dave Yeager. It's not all on Luke Walton. It's not all on Alvin Gentry. It's not all on Doug Christie. The players have to do it, and they did it last night. And whether they listened to him more, I don't know. Whether they, they executed better. They made more shots. Things went their way. But they competed. They battled. And I was just so glad the night ended the way it did. No, it's weird to see them do last night. Mm. It just. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many times have we seen the Kings just get adjusted to right. and then, oh, it's over. Yeah. And then they had to do things differently a little bit, right? They didn't have their full personnel. They did shoot the ball exceptionally well. But, you know, I had actually had someone tell me this the other day, and I thought it was funny, and I thought it would kind of tie into this. Someone had asked me, Chris, man, you've done this so long. How do you do it? How do you constantly show up? to watch this team lose all the time. And I said, you know, I don't think of it that way. Now, when they're in bad stretches and when they've had terrible games, yeah, I'm not enjoying it. But, you know, I'm into the game last night 
as much as any game. It's could be a playoff game, could be the first game, the anticipation. Even hearing G-Man call some of those highlights, you know, I'm fist pumping to this. It's like it's a brand new op- – it's a new chapter, a new day. And, yeah, they may win this day, but it was fun. And I was into it, and I really enjoyed it. Because every once in a while you get a New Orleans, Oklahoma City – finish like that yeah two bad teams but oh my god that's what everyone's talking about the next day yeah one of the best finishes you'll ever see in an nba game in the history of the league happened with okc and new orleans two teams well below 500 last night so uh the point on the game last night good on the guys good on davion mitchell we'll do a deeper dive into the kind of the nuance of the game doug the way he performed the way the team did but just my overall feeling was just joy and happiness and you know, there's a couple of moments for me that I just, I personally won't forget. When you do the other part of doing this for so many years, games blend together sometimes. Some will stick out. Chris just referenced a game last night. I mean, OKC, that's a memorable game. The Laker game this year, triple overtime. That, that'll that stand out. I'll, I'll take that with me for, for years. And I'll rem- oh, remember that triple overtime game for decades. Um, but images from last night, and especially because, you know, if Doug ever becomes, a, it's a permanent thing, well... There'll be bad losses. There'll be great wins. They'll start to blend together again. But it was his first opportunity. And to watch him, there was a play where the Kings, there's a, and people who are at the game can can relate to this and, and watching or listening. There's a rhythm to the game. And there was a sequence. I don't have the exact time and score. But the ball had energy, which is a phrase Doug uses. But it's moving, moving, moving. And I think they just come off a good defensive stop. And it was one extra pass, top of the key, straight away. Harrison Barnes launches, and Doug is like backpedaling, almost like wishing and willing it to go in. And bang, it goes in. His arms go up, and I'm like, yes. It was just, it was really cool to see. It was, I was so happy for him, but happy for the guys too. And the Kings needed a win. See if they can build on it. You know, we were in all these starts and stops. Oh, maybe the Kings have figured some things out here. They've won four of six. And then they go on the road and give up 81 points and a half. It's one night. It was a great night. It was a great fourth quarter, to be honest. We thought that they were okay throughout the game, but we can't lose sight on the fact that the Kings were down 12 with 90 seconds to go in the third. It was sliding. They had no answer for Bradley Beal. They were in trouble. And for just the third time this year, they've rallied from double digits down to get the win, and it was really, really awesome. So just happy, happy all the way through. And, again, we'll do much more of a deep dive on this uh, throughout the show, uh, including sound from Doug from some of the players, what went right last night, and uh, more talk about this upcoming stretch for the Sacramento Kings. First things first. First things first. first. Well, last night one of the storylines we brought up during the broadcast was ex-King Isaiah Thomas had a huge night in the G League, and uh, he got noticed by a lot of people on social media, certainly in the sports world, and Isaiah's been working hard. When uh, Doug was here, we had him on the show uh, earlier this year, earlier in 2021, and his quest to get back in the league and how hard he's been working and to get healthy. Well, looks like, according to reports, he is back, and this one is I've seen uh, tweeted about by a lot of Kings fans with mixed emotions, to say the least. Um, Isaiah Thomas, everybody's thrilled about that to get him back in the league. Looks like he's signing a deal with the Lakers. <laughs> it's okay. He's back. I, I, this is one of those things. Like I remember when Vlade came back the first time he had been a Laker before 
spent so many great years here and then this finally you're back in LA and I was like, oh, he's one of the few guys that got an ovation here. Uh, Kings fans have always loved, for the most part, most of the players that played here when they come back, they get nothing but love. Um, Isaiah is one of the all-time favorites here. He's, he was a great king. He was a really, and they probably should have been a longer tenure and, and he's easy to root for. It's just now he's on a Lakers. He's opposite Spencer Haas. Yes. I mean, the list of those players, it's short, but it's Spencer Haas. Um, Jason Terry. What's funny is OP was one of those players that when he, he came back. He, he, caught, he kind of changed it. Yeah. Which is weird. And then when you listen to him talk, it's like, oh, man, OP loves Zach. I love OP. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Spencer Hawes could save it or would even care about saving it. He's a, like, he's all just in. a troll. Yeah, he's like, no, you don't. Oh, you don't like? Okay. Well, let me tell you about five more things you won't like about me. Yeah. Those Seattle guys. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> I, I was I was a little slow on that one, little slow on that one. Um, okay, got to give you another update. Sacramento Kings guard De'Aaron Fox has entered health and safety protocols. Well, there it goes for my optimism. Sacramento is expected to have a handful of total players entering protocols, along with m- several more staff members. That's from Shams just a few minutes ago. Hopefully, it's not Doug. Hopefully not, for multiple reasons. So, we told you it would be fluid. And, you know, missing De'Aaron Fox on the surface is very critical for the team. De'Aaron Fox had COVID at the end of last season. Um, but now he's entering health and safety protocols. That could be another thing like uh, a couple of negative tests, and he could be back relatively quickly. You then go to the game. Yeah, they're going to miss him. De'Aaron's playing really well right now. Really well. As a De'Aaron had 28 points last night on 10 of 16 shooting. De'Aaron also, he said that he had a tough time with COVID, didn't he? He did, and I think it was I was also at the end of the season, very, very end, and it felt like, yeah. oh, maybe he could come back, and he just shut him down. And and that's the thing. You think about a fine-tuned athlete, young, in his prime, and it hits everybody a little bit differently. Same with the shot. I think if anybody's done any surveys on those that have got vaccinated, oh, man, I was down and out. I was out for a week, or I was out for three days, or – it's different for everybody. Some it, there's nothing. I mean, I can only speak for, for me and my family. We knock on wood had zero issues with the shot, the second shot, with the booster. Thankful. I don't know what that means, but I don't want any part of COVID. Don't want any part of it. But the report, Kingsguard De'Aaron Fox has entered health and safety protocols. Uh, is expected to have a handful of total players. That's the Kings entering protocols along with several more staff members. Hmm. Okay, let's go. Let's continue as we've got more. First things first. First things first. First things first. first. Well, this news came out at the end, right about when the game was ending last night. I, mean, I think we were in our post game. And you don't get a lot of 9 o'clock West Coast time stories that break in a sport that didn't just have a, a player play or like, oh, there's an injury from this quarterback. The MRI comes back. This that's when the news would happen, or this high-profile player, a coach firing, and it was Urban Meyer. Not surprised or not shocked, surprised that he got fired before the end of the season. Now, totally get it. Not even trying to. Uh, what are you doing, Jacksonville? Yeah, totally get it. Um, he's a mess, and he seemed destined to fail from the beginning. When you heard about some of the other potential candidates they were looking at. 
I had said when Jacksonville was even starting the season, I said, look, they've drafted what they think is their quarterback of the future. My question about Jacksonville is, is Urban Meyer even going to be coaching Trevor Lawrence in a year, in two years? I think I might have said two years. I was giving him some time. Well, he's not even going to coach him through the first 17 games, and they're going to have an interim coach now. They're going to hire a new coach, I'm sure, in the offseason. So this organization is in flux, and we're all, Chris, to me, and I asked this question in the crossover to the guys this morning, two coaches that got let go this year, really successful. I know we can poke fun, but John Gruden, was he won a Super Bowl. Urban Meyer, wildly successful in college. Are we in five years from now? Are we going to remember them for that, or the way it ended? Ended. So I think specifically for Urban Meyer. Yes. Gruden. I don't know because he might. I feel like he could pop up again in a, in a different realm, like in some time. Urban Meyer's only chance. I think a college program would hire him at some point if he wants to do that. But yeah, that was a classic fail. Like, he just epic fail all the way around. And now you're hearing, like, people just hated him. It wasn't even like, one, he didn't seem to relate, didn't coach. And then just the stories that are now coming out about stuff that he said and did. It's just awful. Sounds like an awful person. And I thought, I heard, uh, I saw on Twitter, Mina Kimes talking about this on why it's not surprising that he got fired but the reason he got fired is because of all the terrible things that we found out about. So what didn't we know? Yeah, it, the organization knew about him kicking a kicker, right? which is crazy on its own. And they were fine with just, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, this didn't happen. This wasn't like three incidents this week. Yeah, it was the stories that kept coming out, yeah. kept coming out. And I think that it was just, I, I kind of said it jokingly, but I think he was trying to get fired. We did a good job of it. He probably should have done it earlier so that he could have maybe Notre Dame, USC, Oregon, Oklahoma, some really good college jobs if he wanted. And I'm sure some of those universities would have looked at him. They would have based on his college track record. And, you know, he chased the money. Another opportunity to coach. Remember how many times he said, I'm not coaching anymore. That's yeah. it. I'm done. Okay. I still remember being on in the middays with Damian when I think the last time he said, I said, you know what? I predict two years from now, he's the coach at USC. I remember saying that on the air. Like, he's going to be back. He said he's done. He's going He's going to coach at USC in two years from now. And he was rumored in there, but he gets the NFL, and now he's already done before a season. If Patino could get another head coach exactly. job, <laughs> anybody yeah. can. Yeah, there's a track record. And you don't. he doesn't have to have all the schools want him. Just one. One program. If he could prove that he could win, he could get a very good program to hire him. Absolutely. And... Be forgiven. Well, maybe not from Jacksonville people, but from wherever he's coaching. I will say one thing, though, with the NIL situation in college football now, players have a lot of power on where to go and where they want to go. So I don't believe that college coaches have that stranglehold on players' futures like they did before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So Urban Meyer out, fired, in Jacksonville. First things first. Oh, by the way, we have a good football game tonight. Chiefs, Chargers, Thursday night football. We've got that for you coming up at 5 o'clock. Looking forward to that. And, you know, the Chiefs are crazy hot right now. The Chargers, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, really good matchup. And should be a good football game tonight in L.A. Again, we've got that for you coming up at 5. 
First things first. First things first. All right, we're talking so much about the NBA and the news that we just told you about uh, De'Aaron Fox entering health and safety protocols. Well, it's ravaging the NFL as well. And specific teams like the Cleveland Browns, who the Raiders will play on Sunday, you'll or Saturday, excuse me, you'll be able to hear that game here Saturday on KHDK. The Browns are likely down to Nick Mullins at QB. Nick Mullins, who they just signed. They had Case Keenum as a backup. Baker Mayfield, who's already in health and safety protocols. Keenum goes there today. Their coach is there. They've got tons of players out. Hey, the show must go on. Okay. I know how many games were moved around last year in the NFL. We're going to hear some sound, too, coming up from Roger Goodell about that, about you know kind of what the next steps are. I don't know if the sports world has to adjust on their protocols, even though the NFL is talking about doing that. But these games are either going to be canceled, you're not going to have enough personnel, or they're going to have to make these adjustments. And and what's right, what's wrong here, uh, to be determined, to be told coming up. But you think about what, like for the NBA, for example, I know a lot of Kings fans were already like knee-deep into the season. One of the highlight days for the sport is Christmas. We're nine days away from that. I think there's, what, five games scheduled. You know the league wants that to be played. Well, you'd also like it to be played with your teams that have stars. The Lakers are scheduled to play. Russell Westbrook goes into health and safety protocols today. Uh, a few other, Avery Bradley. Now, they may all be cleared by then, and we want them to be. It's, it's not what I'm rooting for. It's just these d- leagues are going to have critical decisions that they're going to have to make. All right, when we come back, more about the Kings and trying to go forward and playing, or are they with the COVID concerns and what went right last night in the Kings win against the Wizards. We will discuss that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. We're back. Oh, we're back. I'm just grooving. Mercedes Amelo, quite a nice fellow. Met three. T- okay, anyway. Uh, Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Jason Ross here with you. Five o'clock. We will have Thursday night football chiefs chargers uh, from Los Angeles. So much is going on right now. Uh, around the league, around the NFL. Uh, We told you about um, the Raiders and Browns game. According to a league official, there's been no changes to that game, even though there's so many players from the Browns and the NFL under COVID protocols, uh, kind of in the health and safety protocols. And if you missed it, we told you in the last segment, there's been confirmation that uh, De'Aaron Fox has uh, entered health and safety protocols. Sacramento is expected to have a handful of total players entering protocols along with several more staff members so as of now the game is scheduled to go on for tomorrow i hope it does i hope everybody's safe and sound and smart but these things keep moving keep moving rapidly so we'll get into that in a little bit more detail coming up want to get though uh into the game a little bit more last night and i know i, I talked so much earlier about just the genuine excitement i had personally for doug 
Um, but the Kings themselves, uh, we saw a different lineup for the first time this year. Davion Mitchell started. And, you know, I, I know that Coach Walton and or Coach Gentry, and then, you know, Doug had an opportunity last night, they have done their best to protect the players, to show leadership and say it's all in all of us. Us coaches have to do a better job. We have to try more things. I honestly believe to my core that they have tried really almost everything. Now there's always a combination here or there. But we've seen them play big. We've seen them play small. We've seen them play more veterans, young guys, um, fourth quarter lineups, different closing lineups. I I think they've tried a lot of different things with the personnel they were given. Now last night, Doug had a little bit of a handicap because he didn't have Rashawn Holmes or Marvin Bagley uh, or Terrence Davis. So the Kings started Alex Len with Tyrese Halliburton, technically, I guess, was the three. Uh, Harrison Barnes at the four, De'Aaron Fox, and Davion Mitchell. Now, just on the surface of that, against, and it, I will say it doesn't even matter the opponent, though I think some nights it will. One of the fair criticisms, I think, that has been labeled on the Kings is consistency and effort. Now, the team is not consistent. I mean, that's, that's what you start to become at 500 or a better team. On all realms, making your free throws consistently, defending consistently, offensive approach consistent. That's not happening with this team, and it hasn't happened with this team. Road performance, consistent, home, all that. It's not. You know that. But if we have to question effort, heart, hustle, those kind of things, 50-50 balls, that's a problem. The one benefit, amongst others, of getting Davion Mitchell in the starting lineup, there is a surge to his game of he is bringing it he is playing hard he is leaving everything out there he is going to defend he's not perfect he gets scored on but you're has anybody ever questioned if he plays hard and if you think about it if you start him and Rashawn Holmes that's two-fifths of your starters that by appearance and sometimes you know that like you if you've played any kind of sports too it's like there's there's guys gosh this guy just doesn't stop or just always is on the move. There are people like that, that it just looks like they're always playing hard and others that just make it, oh, in cruise mode. Oh, they're not even trying. Well, they, they could be. It's just the, the the appearance. But I think we would all agree that you get maximum effort and energy from a guy like Davion Mitchell and Rashawn Holmes. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not opposed to seeing those two guys begin the game to help set a tone. De'Aaron's just got so many gifts. Tyrese... I just love his overall depth of his game, what he can provide. And last night he was in one of those modes. Eight points, eight boards, nine assists, three steals, three blocks, and he couldn't make any threes. Didn't matter. It was his impact overall on the stat sheet, but that's just looking at stats. Watch the game. He makes the team better. I would say the one problem with Tyrese is he doesn't do that enough. As far as filling the stat page? Of just going, like, he's missing his three, so do something else. Like, the other night we saw, he went one of two. Right. Which is like, uh, he didn't, it didn't feel like he was pushing himself to be, like, a game changer. Like, he can be just facilitator, uh-huh. do everything on the court more than he actually does. And I think once he realizes that... I mean, that's what Kings fans want to see, right? Yeah, and I think, too, his just I, – I think that his best – and I don't know. I can f- probably look this up pretty quickly and find the, the best two-man combination. 
but him and Holmes together. Oh, yeah. That, that's just, there's something magical there. And he's missed him. He, his numbers are better Definitely. when Holmes is playing. So I feel like that can happen with Marvin or even Alex Len or Trist. I mean, maybe not to the same extent, but it, it, we just haven't seen that same connection that we get with Holmes. Well, and Holmes, I think Holmes and Tyrese are so smart that they look, and with Tyrese, maybe a little too smart or it needs to be absolutely open mm-hmm. or look for a better option. You're right. And sometimes you're hand in your face, Tyrese, is a better option than passing it. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So they got that. And then the odd part about the way the game ended, I was literally having communication during the game at one point with someone that Harrison Barnes, and I don't know the exact amount of minutes he had played, but his line, his box score, zero, 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 like going all the way across, and it might have been like in 14 minutes, and and my comment back was, we have the same – you and me and him have the same stat line except for he's taken one field goal attempt. So he was 0 for 1 with nothing. And I think by the end of the half, he had four points, like two boards and two assists. I went, you need more. And but then at the third quarter, nothing. Nothing. And then the fourth quarter, winning time, he was great. He was great. So he, he and Halliburton are patient, but sometimes too patient. Yeah. Fox isn't going to be patient, but he's not going to be patient. They're, they're, you know they're attacking in a good way sometimes, and sometimes it's not, and more in a good way, I think, with De'Aaron. There was a play last night where De'Aaron, it, it was just, he used more of his superpowers yesterday in his speed. We know that. He's gift. Like, there's not many, if any, that are faster with point A to point B with the ball than De'Aaron. There was a play where he got the rebound, and he pushed it so quickly where the way the transition came back, it was kind of a broken transition, and instead of going all the way to the basket, he just left it for Buddy Heald. Buddy stepped into the three, missed it, but the the defender came out and just clobbered him, and Buddy got three free throws. I said the only reason they got three free throws is because De'Aaron pushed the ball. That was it. And the amount of pressure he can put on people with his superpower, I don't think he always realizes that he's got it. And when he's aggressive, when he takes it to the basket last night, he was doing that. Still would like him to make more free throws, though he's been better at it. And I know I can hear the people, what happened in Charlotte? He missed two free throws, two important ones. He knows it, but he was 8 of 10. That would be an acceptable night. He just missed the last two that, man, wish he had made. But last night, 13 attempts, 8 of 13. That's being aggressive. That's getting to the basket. He's been way more efficient. And now, like we said, if you're just tuning in, De'Aaron Fox is out. He is going to be out under health and safety protocols. So how do you go forward without him? You've got Tyrese. You've got Davion. But now all of a sudden, what I thought starting the season with five guards of Tyrese, De'Aaron, Davion, Buddy, and Terrence Davis, a strength of the team, I'm assuming, well, you're out without De'Aaron tomorrow as he enters the health and safety protocols. Terrence Davis has kind of been the mystery man because that's what he was listed as yesterday. We're seeing less of that reported today. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But if you're down two of those guys, you're down to Tyrese, Davion, and Buddy. All can play, and they all play a lot. It just shrinks your roster a little bit. Is Holmes going to be back tomorrow? We don't know. Marvin likely would still be out. I don't know. If it, you know, we got to – this is a – we also were told yesterday that Kyle Kuzma was in health and safety protocols. He's not playing. He played. He played yesterday. He obviously got cleared. And was ready to go. He honestly wasn't very good. Kuz had, uh, I think, four points, six points, something like that. I mean, Bradley Beal was was carrying the water there for the Wizards. But it's ever fluid. This team is ever fluid. 
It's a night-to-night proposition with them. Sometimes it's half-to-half, quarter-to-quarter. They did more good things than bad last night. I like that they held the Wizards to 105. They've been in a really bad way here lately. Were What did the Wizards have at half? Uh, 57. It's, it's okay. They did much better in the second half thanks to that 16-point fourth quarter. But the Kings were giving up 81 at the half, 70, 69, those kind of numbers at halftime the last couple of games. So defense was better. Obviously, they shot the ball very well. Early on, they were really sloppy, but ended with just 11 turnovers. And the points in the paint was something I was really worried about yesterday because the Wizards are in the top five. Kings won that battle 68-56. to A lot of that to me was De'Aaron. They got a good performance from Tristan Thompson off the bench. Chemezi Metu helped out. They needed it. They got it. And now they get ready for Memphis, who was starting their run. The first game Memphis played without John Morant was against the Kings, and the Kings were absolutely embarrassed. Last night, Memphis won in Portland. They've now played 10 games. Is it 10 or 9? I think they're 9. Yeah, no, there's 10 without John Morant, and they're 9-1. and one. That's crazy. That I didn't see happening at all but good for them they figured out a way to to get it going and uh, they got another win last night so did the kings we'll talk more about that more about the impact of playing without De'Aaron as we continue here on sports 15-footer. Good. De'Aaron Fox, 8 of 13 from the field. 11-0, Sacramento run. They're within one at 89-88. Kings had a nice comeback last night. They were trailing at one point by 12. Late in the third quarter, but then they outscored Washington 35-16 in the fourth to get the win, 119-105. Welcome back in here, Sports 1140-KHTK. Um, <laughs> I don't have any other way to say this. This will probably end up being just a story for Chris in the next break, but I just had a, um, I think one of the most bizarre interactions without knowing the entire story. I just got pieces of it with, uh, one of our longtime listeners, Eric, a few moments ago. And that's all I'm going to tell you. It's just that. Okay. It's really, it, it's, it's really interesting, but it's just, there's, there's many layers to it. So. I don't know why I'm bringing that up to our whole audience, but I, I had to at least tell you out loud, and then I'll tell you in the break. Anyway, it's good to see Eric. Good to see the rest of you, all of you uh, checking in here on our YouTube, and we appreciate that, and all of the rest of you listening over the radio as well. Um, we go till 5, and then it'll be Thursday night football. So last night, let's get in a little bit more about what's coming up for the Kings the next couple of days, the uncertainty here. As we do know that Alvin Gentry's in health and safety protocols. Same with Marvin Bagley. We believe Terrence Davis is that at least was the report. And then now this afternoon's report about um, De'Aaron Fox has now entered health and safety protocols. So juggling things without Fox is certainly going to be an issue because there's no doubt that Fox is is the best player on this team. They can function without him. Now you try to find how do you do it? How do you best find ways now just we, we think of De'Aaron as, as the ball handler, but he's played off the ball more. You're certainly going to get 
hopefully now the best version of Tyrese, which is the the fine line of being unselfish but finding his time to be selfish and get his offense going along with being the facilitator. Uh, Davion's going to give you everything he's got. Now, can Buddy have a, a good shooting night? He ended up hitting four threes last night. But I think they need more of from the others as well, certainly like Harrison Barnes, who had the big fourth quarter but was quiet for a lot of the game. And, oh, by the way, they're playing a team that is crazy hot right now in the Memphis Grizzlies. That's at least the schedule. Sunday's the Spurs. Monday is the Warriors. And there was some talk, there was some hope, I was thinking, that we might see Clay Thompson in that game. But now it looks like the Warriors say they might not get Clay till just after Christmas. So, going to have to beat the Warriors without Clay then. Yeah. Light work. Light work. What was the line you used to have before when Clay was out? Remember, or a, a, somebody was out, you're like, hmm. Oh, it's going to be uh, only three All-Stars. Or only whatever. three All-Stars in the lineup yeah. tonight. I think that was when they had KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond. Like, oh, Draymond's out. Wow. They're only down to three All-Stars. Really going to take a hit to the roster. Yes. So uh, that's the upcoming work, and then they even have a game uh, next Wednesday as well against the Clippers. But uh, last night, I, I just loved the... You know, I got to say this too. The 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 arena really got into it. There was a good vibe, a good energy, certainly in the fourth quarter, and that happens when you when you come back. But I remember when, man, when they were the anthem was going and the pre tip. It's like, man, this is a really, really light crowd. But those that uh, were there, it's listed at. Let me see what was our listed attendance last night. Thirteen thousand eight hundred. They saw a pretty good fourth quarter performance, and so. I think that's what's got to be so puzzling for then Coach Walton when we had him on here as a weekly guest, Coach Gentry, Doug, anybody else a part of that staff. And, I, and I, again, the important thing to know here is the head coach gets the wins and losses, but this really is a collective deal. And assistant coaches are very important. Um, there's input, you know, from front office, general managers, um, People that, you know, there's a lot of people in decisions on all this stuff. And, you know, there there's a fine-tuning in there on the the head coach for the night, like acting head coach last night, Doug, on, okay, do I call a timeout here? Do I challenge this play? The play he challenged, I was like, oh, he's going to win this easily. And they didn't. And then we once, uh, there was one last angle that I saw. Like, oh, man, okay, maybe that's where the foul was. But, man, it didn't look like much of a foul. But those are the little decisions that a coach may have to make. But you can see Doug was getting input from Coach Longabardi, uh, Rico Hines, Jonah Herskew, even the back of the bench too. You get Stacey Ogman over there, Lindsey Harding. There's plenty of people there to contribute to help to try to make this team find ways to win. And I think that's was the important thing about last night. They were not in a good way. And before they went on that road trip, it did feel like the Kings had kind of regrouped here for for a you know brief time. And the seasons are so fluid. We've talked many times about five-game stretches. Can you win the five-game stretch? Can you go three and two? Not nothing five and zero oh or four and one. Three and two. If you keep doing three and two five-game stretches, you're going to move up the standings. And you know this is a continual thought that I've been saying to you and and preaching here is that this team has every opportunity in front of them, even with obstacles, even with firing a coach, even with having guys and health and safety protocols to be a top 10 team. It's not the hugest, the largest ask we've ever had. They're 12 and 17. They're five games below 500 and they're currently in the 10th spot. 
It's not a stellar record. We know they can play better. No one's blown away by their performance consistently. It's doable. We're not asking them to do anything that doesn't seem achievable. And you got Minnesota just a game and a half ahead of them. The fragile nature of this. Uh, A great week and they could be top six. A bad week and they're back down there and last. So they got one last night that they needed. Started the homestand the way they want. I've mentioned for a while here how bad they've been at home. They need to do great at home, and they got that win yesterday, which is so cool. All right, we'll come into the next hour. Uh, reaction from Doug Christie. Uh, we'll reset some of the sound and more about the win and and really going forward for the Kings without De'Aaron Fox now in health and safety protocols. We'll talk more about that as we continue on Sports 1140 KHDK.